thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, leading publishers of books, directories, educational guides and magazines aimed at schools in the UK and beyond. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning and welcome to the weekly review live on Teachers Talk Radio. It's so good to be back. Uh, my name is Tom Hopkins Burke. I'm joined by Nathan Ginn and by Lucy Neuberger here to review the week in education. And my word, it's been quite a tense and emotional and rather fraught week in many cases. And I think the choice of today's stories reflect that quite um, clearly. First of all, where do we start? We need to talk about Ruth Perry and we need to talk about the pressures that she was under um, as a result of um, her school's Ofsted inspection. Um, We're also going to talk about the crisis in initial teacher education, um, where some providers have recently been graded as good with outstanding features, but yet the DfE doesn't want them to provide teacher education um, in the long term. So we're going to talk about how we might reform that. And then finally, we're going to talk about how in Church of England schools, um, grades for inspections are going to be removed from September and whether Ofsted um, should do the same. And of course, we will round off with our shows of a week. But to start off, let's talk about supporting school leaders after Ofsted. And I suppose we can only really start in one place. Word, inadequate. The, it just preyed on her mind, sadly, until she couldn't take it anymore. So we need to start with our first place, don't we, which is with um, the tragic death of Ruth Perry, who um, was a head teacher in a primary school, and it was Cavisham Primary School in Reading. And this ultimately is the report um, that was published very recently. It has since been removed from the Ofsted website, um, but it still remains on the school's website. And it says, you know, that one word, inadequate. Um, when you heard this news, Lucy, if we start with you, what were your initial thoughts? Just utter heartbreak, to be honest. I don't think there is any other emotion to be had. I mean, I, I've i been sort of reading about this all week and I'm still kind of processing how we got to this. And I, and I, I still need to kind of go away and think a little, a little bit more because it just, even just seeing that there in, in, in black and white, I, I don't know what, what I would do. I mean, I haven't, I haven't been in that, in that leadership position, but I can just imagine how gut-wrenching that would be to see, you know, okay, well, everything else is fine, but as far as the, the, the management, the leadership's concerned inadequate, I, yeah, just just absolutely gut wrenching heartbreak. I think, of, and I don't know. I'm sort of, I'm still, I'm still kind of going through sort of my, which sounds ridiculous at the moment, but what my sort of overall response would be to that. But yeah, just mm. devastating. Yeah, no, it's hugely devastating. And Nathan, your initial thoughts as well. Um, as well, I want to talk about this part of the inspection report um, where it actually mentions on the inspection report there has been a change of leadership at the school following the death of a head teacher who was in post at the time of the inspection. Um, we're going to talk about what Ofsted's wide response is in a moment. It's also worth noting that we have to wait for a full coroner's report um, and that I'm sure we'll find out much, much more. Um, but yeah, Nathan, your initial thoughts and response? Yeah, I mean, I think 
Um, there, are, there are parts of it for me that I think um, in a drive, in, en in any area of schooling this is, and not, not specifically for this, but in any area, there, there's this kind of false narrative idea that removing, you know, human emotion, all of these considerations, we're in some way being more efficient, more effective, all of these things. And you know, it, it causes the, the human to be pushed to the side. And and that has always worried me in education, that, you know, a drive for nuts and bolts, mechanization, Fordism of it all, kind of kind of pushes the, the human to the side. And and that's what this, you know, particularly the statement you pulled up there in the Austin report does for me. Like, you know, they have put it in, it is factually true, all of those things. But the it the compassion is gone from it and it's that bit that you know i i think is really hard the the other bit that i reflect on it is that you know we are focusing on on the final grade and, and that final moment but i think if we are looking at reform and for me we should look at reform of ofsted and how it's used and what it does is the lead up to that and i have been in schools that have there have been high pressure in the lead up to ofsted because think you know certain grades need to be achieved and it is not the moment of result it is the you know all of the pressure building up to that all of the weight of that all of the expectation all of the workload before Ofsted of trying to to climb up a mountain for a deadline that you don't know when it's coming and will be judged and will have an, a, a tremendous impact on not just the the, the head teacher the teachers uh, all of the staff across the school that 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 pressure exists in a much broader window than just the Ofsted moment, and I think we need to look at that mm. when we do it. When, when you know, when when this review of it all comes, mm. that part of it, the pressure and the weight needs needs to be changed somehow. It does indeed. Um, I wholeheartedly agree and because the pressure is on the head teachers because ultimately it's their name on the report that pressure yeah. gets trickled down all the way through the school and to the rest of slt onto middle leaders and especially middle leaders under the new framework yeah. but also onto teachers and you know there's that huge pressure that we're doing things for ofsted um we've had a um, messaging on twitter i'll keep this person anonymous but they are a primary school head teacher um they say i'm head teacher of a requires improvement school three years ago i was head when the judgment was made after an awful section eight which led to the section five it significantly affected my mental health as it was viewed by me i was not good enough i've not been the same since and i'm now looking to leave education after 15 years of headship oh. i fear the call as i'm not sure if or how i will cope if we requires improvement again or worse however much people tell you the logical bit the, emo the emotional brain is what matters heads invest their lives in their school and are broken emotionally by this inspection system. I want to act, but cannot do on my own to stop and make sure that Ruth's death is not in vain. Um, somebody else who is um, campaigning now in the wake, particularly in the wake of Ruth's death, is her sister, Julia Waters. They both attended the same primary school where Ruth was head teacher. They were one year apart. And Julia says it's on the screen here. You should be able to see it in Ruth's memory and to protect others. I call on head teachers with the support of teaching unions to boycott Ofsted until a thorough independent review has been conducted and changes implemented. Refuse Ofsted inspectors entry to their school or at least refuse to comply with inspectors requests. Remove all references to their school's Ofsted rating from um, 
um, etc. Um, in the meantime, all staff wear black armbands when inspected on site, um, display black framed photo um, of Reef in the head's office and ask to see the inspector's risk assessment before proceeding or create a poster of Reef and all of the other heads who have taken their own lives after an officer inspection to display in schools during inspection. I call on local media to st stop reporting on Ofsted reports. I call on estate agents to remove all references to school Ofsted ratings from their sales, particulars of houses. I call on parents of school-aged children to stop considering Ofsted ratings when making school choices or when talking about their children's current school. There are better, more accurate ways of judging a school's qualities. And um, thank you to Flora Cooper, who's part of the TTR team, who shared that with us yesterday. A call to arms here. Um, um, I'm sure I can see that Nathan and Lucy are both nodding um, in terms of agreeing with what has been said. Um, I would say, Tom, you know, and, and this is an urban myth, possibly, or it might be a true story, but it is something that I've heard from a, a, a while ago now. I, I heard of tell of a school where Ofsted had come in and it hadn't been done in a supportive way. And it had really emotionally upset staff. And the head teachers had asked them to leave based on the well-being and safety of their staff. Mm. And local authorities and academy chains need to start taking this into account that they, as the employer, are responsible for the well-being of their staff. And if they are allowing something to happen, then it is their responsibility to take action. So I certainly agree with that. If you feel justified from a health and safety point of view that the you know, it, it is uh, an issue. I think we should be taking action with union support. You know, I, 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 I can't see how that is not an employer's responsibility. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Um, we, Lucy. Um, no, it's just, it's, it's always astonishing to me. We've known for a long time that this is needed looking at, that Ofsted is needed looking at. We've, this has been an ongoing, we talk about it a lot. It comes up in Teachers Talk radio shows with alarming regularity. But it's the fact that, once again, it comes to an event like this, terrible occasion like this, for it to really come to the forefront and for serious considerations to start be, to start happening. Because it's kind of it's battered back and forth sort of periodically, but nothing really changes. And so for it to cost somebody's life, for it to kind of be like, okay, now maybe mm. that that to me is is just it adds to the sadness, really. Yeah, it's not an isolated incident. This is not the first time yeah. this has happened. It is um, the first reported time it has happened under the current um, Ofsted inspection framework. I'm just trying to see if we can share the statement from Ofsted. If not, I will read it out. Um, but it, it, something like this, it does require union support and um, Hopefully, now that the NEU are back in um, conversations with Julian Keegan, the Education Secretary, I'm sure that this is something that the NEU would bring up. And actually, I would you agree then that it just reinforces the fact that the strikes which have been um, happening over the last few weeks have, you know, on the surface, they are about pay and conditions because that's the only things that teachers can legally strike about. But actually, it's about the pressures on teacher well-being, the pressures on teacher your workload and ensuring that nothing like this can ever happen again. 
Nathan, any thoughts on or Lucy? No, no, it's just it's 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 all of it. But I think, uh, yeah, the um, if there's something really worth striking about, it's the it's 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 this. Hmm, absolutely. Um, let me just share um, a statement from Ofsted. Matthew Purbs, Ofsted's regional direction for the South East said, we were deeply saddened by Ruth Perry's tragic death and thought to remain with Mrs Perry's family, friends and everyone in the Cavisham Primary School community. Um, anything final you want to add, Nathan? No, be more human, for God's mm. sake. You know, that like systems are fine, but there needs to be a human element and there needs to be compassion. It, mm. You know, it's an appalling situation. Thank you, Nathan. Let's move on to our next story now. So our second story for today is all about um, initial teacher training. It comes from Schools Week, actually, um, where some teacher training providers have most recently been rated good with outstanding features, and yet um, they've failed the Department for Education's reaccreditation process. So um, at Fard Coast Skit in Blackpool, um, they're struggling to explain to heads why they won't have its service next year. Inspect Ofsted inspectors say it's well on the way to providing an excellent standard of training. And the University of Sussex's school teacher training was also rated as good. Ofsted said that trainees were immersed in strongly research-based and ambitious programmes. However, neither of these providers was re-accredited by the Department for Education last year to implement the initial teacher training reforms from September 2024. Um, in September last year, the Department for Education revealed that just 179 providers passed its new quality requirements, well below the 240 providers in England. And um, Professor Sam Twizzleton, a government advisor on the ITT review, said the process had led to some bad and unintended consequences, adding, I would trust Ofsted far more than the accreditation process. And this raises all sorts of questions about initial teacher training and whether it's fit for purpose and the reaccreditation process. And so I wanted to discuss with Nathan and Lucy, quite a big question. Um, if you could reform teacher training, teacher education, and actually ensure that all, as many um, teacher tra training teachers are equipped with what they need to step into a classroom, what would you change? Would you extend it beyond a year? Would you um, incorporate more into undergraduate, perhaps in undergraduate um, degrees for secondary teachers having a teaching module? What would you, what would you change? Um, who wants to start on that one? I'm going to let Nathan go first on this one. Go on, Nathan. Um, I, my concern with the accreditation process as a whole is um, the narrowing of what the, the, the what teacher training could be. I, you know, I am very much, uh, you know, there should be very different schools. They should be doing what their school community does. Um, they should be doing what, what the, the parents want. And, and so you need a breadth of different things. And whilst there is, you know, evidence informed practice for thing and different sides of the debate will always argue that, you know, that there should be more creativity, there should be more uh, retrieval, you know, all of these parts about it. If you want more people into teaching, if you want more breadth of people into teaching, there should be more routes and those routes should be more various. And I think the um, accreditation process narrows it down. And, mm -hmm. you know, there was always that concern when it was brought in that it was maybe politically targeted uh, at, at certain more left wing universities or they felt it was that way. Um, 
and, and I think that's the wrong way to go. You know, we're, we're slimming down. We're looking for very specific people. We're looking for, you know, and I don't want to, you know, in, in the worst possible sense, are we looking for robots? Are we looking for everyone to be the same? Whereas if I said, you know, we're going to have this university does this and people know, you know, it wouldn't take us long. We know what a teach first graduate is going to be like, broadly speaking. We know what we're buying into, you know, and so if you if it turned out that, you know, my local university, Swansea, was going to be, you know, the leading in discovery based learning, it would soon be known that if you wanted a, you know, discovery based learning type teacher for your school, you know, Swansea University was the place to go, much like we have with other universities. We know what Durham does. We know what Oxford does. Mm. Why can't we have that in education as well? Have a breadth and then we'll get more people in. And we, you know, we can we can deal it out then in uh, in how successful we all are in our different approaches. Thank you for that, what, Lucy. If I could go to you, one of the barriers, I suppose, to initial teacher education is how prohibitive it is for career changes. People who've been working in industry and or another job and have quite a healthy salary, let's say the equivalent of say M three M four on a current teachers. Uh, on the current teacher pay scales and then they want to train to become a teacher and if they're training for primary or if they're training for something like history or drama they've got no bursary all of a sudden and they get a big old nine grand student loan what can we do about that and also more widely <clears throat> I think I mean I think the incentives have to be greater I mean I actually managed to teach a train for free because I had a, a first class degree so I that was a that was an incentive incentive for me but should it be based on having a first class degree absolutely not should that should that be the reason why why I trained for free no not necessarily I mean it it helped me out at the time but it's there's always the kind of incentive for 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 the maths and science subject and less for the arts subjects and I think it's making sure that we're placing emphasis that all of these are important all of these can contribute to a well-rounded education and contribute to making children's future great so why is why is there why are we saying that some subjects are more important than others or secondary teachers are more important than primary teachers no that's 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 not the case it needs to be it needs to be fairer uh, across the board and this comes again into the whole thing about you know pay is all over the show and it does need a review and how else are we because we don't want money to be the incentive but of course it is and you know why are you going to go into a career that isn't going to isn't going to allow you to to live irrespective of the fact that you know we constantly say oh you know we're not in it for the money da, da, da. but to an extent you know yes we are because yes we still have to you know we still have to put food on the table we still have to we still have to live and there's so many things with with teacher training I could go on about this for hours and I didn't find out until quite recently that actually a lot of teach first graduates don't go into teaching they get poached by um big big corporations who um you know who who like them because they're you know they're, they're high quality they're high quality graduates so how yeah. is that allowed to happen and again this is i don't know how how true this is this is just based on one well some one some, pe some people argue although teach first has always denied this that the name teach first comes from this idea that they teach first and then go and do something else second but it is always important to note that teach first denies it that's where it comes from um as well um so yeah with recruitment is a huge huge challenge and so is retention as well um I think it's time for us though to move on to our third and final story for today. Mm -hmm. 
and it's all about um, what is happening in the um, Church of England education system and science inspections. Um, for almost three decades, science inspections have resulted in each school being awarded one of four grades, currently excellent, good, requires improvement and ineffective. However, from September 2023, this will no longer be the case. And instead, instead, what's going to happen is an inspector is going to make a judgment on whether a school is living up to its foundation based on um, the Anglican Church or Methodist Church um, for an up-to-date Christian vision that enables all pupils and adults to flourish. And they will not be reducing its findings to a grade, word or number. Instead, it will provide a narrative account of the school's strengths and areas for development. This rich data will enable all who have an interest in the school to find out what it is really like to be part of that community and to make decisions accordingly. Is this a step in the right direction? Nathan, can we start with you? Yes. Yes, it is. You know, I think it's important to know, obviously, they still get Ofsted inspected, you know, so there will still be grades. I mean, it's one less layer and it is someone looking at this and saying, actually, do we need this? For what our aspect in this role is and and i can't see how they needed it ever you know if they were already having ofsted grades for it i think it also reflects a change here in wales where we, we no longer have grades we have a narrative report um one for parents what a more detailed one for schools to reflect on their next steps and their targets and and it's far uh, far more useful for the stakeholders okay when we look at school uh, grades, uh, you know, 2021 University of Extra, Exeter poll said that the, only a third of people really look at them or parents when they're choosing schools and in some uh, demographics, even less. And so, you know, what are those grades there for? Is it to help people? Is it, you know, to, to perform a metric for a measurement? It's certainly not useful for parents, I don't think, because what you know, what does earth does it mean? Um, as I say, here in Wales, we don't use it. Estin, the inspectorate here, um, come in. Um, we also have ten days notice, which is different. All of this needs to be looked at, you know, about how it will be the most effective way of moving schools on, because the whole point of the system is to move schools on to make education better, and you either believe that happens through competition where we need first, second and third places, or you believe it happens through support. And it sounds like this is a move to it happening through support and it happening through truly informing parents. Because what would I rather as a parent? One word and a big report that I have no idea what most of the words in it mean, or something written specifically for parents as stakeholders in a language that I can access that helps me understand the core values of the school and what it's doing to move forward. I think that's is, much more healthy. It's worth noting, of course, that under the new inspection framework for Ofsted, um, that school reports have been slimmed down quite considerably. Um, they often only stretch over two or three pages nowadays. Um, they always talk about a school's vision, its values, and what it's like to be a part of that school as well. Um, Lucy, do you think that moving away from grades to a narrative account will sort of help move the direction of school education away from sort of bashing schools to school improvement and genuine sort of working partnership? I mean, I've always been a kind of more qualitative rather than quantitative type researcher in terms of data, in terms of all the rest of it. I like, uh, I'm sort of better, numbers for me are kind of very, it's very sort of reductive, it reduces down or just one word, it's very kind of, it tells you nothing. 
However, the flip side to that, of course, is in going for this more sort of narrative approach, it's touching what Nathan's saying, you've got to, you, this can't be sort of wishy-washy sort of uh, kind of going launching into great big descriptions that don't really mean anything. It's got to still be to the point and in, in language that, that people understand and being clear about you know what what language is being uh, used and what and what what it is they're looking for and what it is that's that's good and what it is that needs working on without you know using or going into sort of ridiculous amounts of detail that 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 people that people don't need so i think it's good and i think a narrative idea is good but it's got to be used carefully without the jargon without the 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 bits that, that we that we don't really need so that it can be acted on rather than sitting around going what does this mean what does that mean i'm not quite sure what what that means so yes but with the necessary caveats mm. um and so do we think there's any danger at all that if you were to get rid of a high state judgments be outstandings and the goods and the inadequates and requires improvements um that some schools which could do better would end up coasting because they knew they know there's less riding on it. Any thoughts on that one, Nathan? I, I don't think that's the case. I, you know, I think the kind of improvement that the current system creates is not sustainable improvement is, and is not embedded improvement. And I think that is what a move to a narrative approach, a move to a supportive approach would do so that we don't see these yo-yo schools schools that you know two years quick turnaround up it goes a grade two years later down a grade you know it, we need to start looking at sustainable supportive school development rather than burning through staff rushing to get that grade working all hours and i've i've been there i've been in that school where we are putting in 12 hour days because we know the next offstead needs to be a good and, and that is not healthy and it doesn't embed practice and it doesn't support people to get better. Um, and so it's, it's not, I don't see it as improvement. If it's, mm. you know, I, I really don't. And so I think this would be a more supportive and a more embedded move to school development. Lucy, do you agree with Nathan? Yeah, it's the equivalent of teaching to the test, isn't it? If we're constantly, you know, striving to the next grade, the next moment, then that's not, that's not really real long lasting improvement. It's not good for, it's not good for us as teachers, and it's certainly not good for for children. And children aren't aren't daft. And I think about this a lot. They know, they feed off, they know what energy is in in that room at any any given time. And if it's constantly a teacher that's just sort of, oh gosh, you know, this has got to look a certain way, books have got to look a certain way, the room's got to look a certain way, the lessons have got to be structured in a certain way. Otherwise, we are going to just. It's. I know I'm the type of person that is 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 bad at kind of trying to internalize that for any period of time so if we've got something that you know we can look at that it can go into a school improvement plan that everybody is is looking at everybody's working to but knows it's kind of an ongoing fluid thing and then i'm sounding very whimsical but that's kind of how it should be and it's 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 never you're never going to be the finished product whether it's a school whether as a teacher it's and this idea that you can kind of reach this pinnacle and then where do you go from there is is absolute nonsense and it's to me that's the the ongoing danger with with where we're at at the moment is that and that pinnacle keeps getting higher and higher and higher and then you know at, at what point do we go actually you know this isn't sustainable we we need 
we need to be looking at this entirely differently and making sure that actually what we're doing is sustainable and is working for for all involved but also ensuring that you know that there's a there's a happiness element there's a there's a well-roundedness that, that, that we're just focused on the wrong things and it sort of it stresses me out even talking about it because it's that's where so much of this anxiety comes from and so much of this um, loss in terms of recruitment in terms of retaining teachers and all the rest of it and uh, I hope that this is the beginning of moving forward in a very different way. Mm, thank you for that. Now, this show is brought to you um, in partnership with Jogcat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed um, at teachers and forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Right, moving on. I've never quite had the power to do all of the videos and stuff before. And what I what I quite like is when the video's on, I can see what um, everybody else is doing behind the scenes and I can see them dancing along oh. or other things. I oh, wait. you, I know, you can see that. Yes, I can see you, Lucy. Um, now, um, <laughs> now um, before we finish, let's talk about our shows for the week so far. Um, can I t- start with Lucy, then Nathan, then to me, Lucy? Okay, I'm going for Graham Stanley this week, who uh, has actually brought up something that I think about a lot, which is comparing teaching to stand up comedy. And uh, I've famously said to to my students in the past, um, if it wasn't for this, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing stand up comedy. The only trouble is I'm not I'm not funny enough. And he talks quite openly about, uh, you know, how we can inject humor into teaching in the right way, um, everything from thinking about how we're delivering our material and I just found it it's it's well worth a listen and thinking about your own your own teaching and how it is well we're not performing monkeys and we're not there to entertain there is still I think so many things from being on the stage that you can implement into teaching and it's just well worth a listen back it's on it's on um as a podcast so it's on all the usual platforms and yeah go and have a listen very interesting mm. And if you want to catch Graham live, he's moved slots now. He's um, Saturday, 5 p.m. He used to be Tuesday, yes. 11 a.m. So if you are somebody who normally teaches on a Tuesday like me and you can't catch Graham live, you now can on a Saturday afternoon. Nathan, your show of the week. Yep, mine was uh, Core Curriculum Leadership, uh, Tuesday uh, Twilight Show, Ben Thomas. Uh, from a primary perspective, I, th- I find it such an interesting topic about how that works and hearing from sort of real teachers in the classroom who are doing it. Um, because yeah we you know for any secondary colleagues out there we're not necessarily a specialist you know we might not even have a degree in that subject and so how that is developed supported and how you go about that uh, really leading a subject well I just find it really interesting to hear different people's journeys and and how they found their way to doing it so really interesting show. Thank you for that Nathan and my show um, was with Tom Rogers he had the wonderful Craig Barton on to talk about his new book with John Cat, um, Tips for Teachers and my words so many fantastic tips and you know really clear really straightforward if you want to know about routines about habits about mini whiteboards about assessment then that really was a terrific show with Tom Rogers um, all about tips for teaching and you can get that book from the John Cat bookshop. And that brings us to the end for today. Um, thank you 
to Nathan and to Lucy, some really hard-hitting and difficult topics we've discussed today. But um, thank you for tuning in, um, whether you've been tuning in live on LinkedIn, on YouTube, or on Twitter, or you've been catching up with the show as a podcast as well on Podbean, on Spotify, or on Apple Podcasts, or your chosen podcast player. Um, we will see you next week um, for next week's weekly review. But until then, tune in and talk it out. See you later. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.